Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, I'm here with the Hollywood Life Podcast. And I am joined by my co-anchor, Ali Stegnita. Hi, Ali. Hi, guys. So good to be back with Bonnie here. We had a few podcasts when she wasn't, she was on her vacation and now she's back and she's all refreshed. And so Bonnie, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. And we have very special guests to welcome today that we are so excited to talk about. And listen, one of the things that I did on my vacation was read her book. So everybody, welcome. Tamika Foster Raymond. Hello. Hi. Hi. How, how are you guys? Doing great. And congrats on your new book. It's called Here I Stand in a Beautiful State. And I have to tell you, I could not put it down. It is such a, it's such a fascinating read all about your life from your childhood through um, your career. You were a self-made and he became a huge celebrity stylist with clients like Jay-Z and Ciara, Chris Brown, Mary J. Blige, and, and more. And then I think, you know, you became kind of very famous to um, a, a lot of people who didn't know you before when you got married to Usher and you had two sons. And then you had a, a very grave tragedy with um, the death of one of your older sons who was just 11 years old at the time, Kyle. And um, so you've had a life that is, you know, very full of love, but also tragedy. Is that why you decided to write this book to share your experiences? You know, I think the book is a bit of a diary. You know, I, um, I started writing it um, right after I finalized my divorce. And then, I, and then I put it down because I think that the tone was wrong. You know, I think I was a little more just angry and, you know, and I was writing things and blaming. I was, you know, pointing a lot of fingers and things like that. And I, I don't think I was in the right headspace. So I uh, stopped writing. And then a couple of years later, after my son passed, I started writing again. And that was very cathartic. It was just like, okay, kind of get your thoughts out onto paper. Um, and then again, I stopped myself in 2012 and I said, it's no one's business. You know, um, you don't need to write your feelings. You know, I kind of like was talking myself out of it. Yeah. And then when we got to COVID, I was like, okay, <laughs> started <laughs> writing again because the world was shut down. We had so much free time. I wrote a couple of things. I wrote a, an animated, um, a whole a whole episode of, for an animated show and all that. But I also did my memoir. Um, throughout the pandemic and through COVID. And I just kind of think that it was better to put my life in my own words instead of always hearing someone's rendition of who I am and what I did. And I'm like, no, that's not how I started, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And every time when you would pick up, would you pick up where you left off and specifically, you know, in the no. pandemic, what, how did you kind of go back on those earlier years and reflect on, you know, that? Well, during the pandemic, that's when I put the, put it all together. I would write about whatever the topic was at the time. So when I was going through my divorce, I wrote about how I felt, you know, about, you know, when I went to Brazil and I had the accident um, in Brazil, I wrote about that and I wrote about how I felt during my divorce. Then when, you know, my son passed, I wrote specifically about him and about how I felt then. I also did a chapter, I started a chapter then called Mad at God, which is really a, I think it's a very poignant chapter. Um, but during the pandemic is when I start putting the other years in, like my earlier years and how I started in fashion. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you've mentioned your, your divorce a couple of, of times and you met from reading the book. I understand that you met Osher because you were styling him. You actually were working with him and you became close and you had, um, you know, friendship turned into romance. And, um, and so it actually was a fairly long relationship, even though your marriage only like ended up ended after two years, um, you know, but it seemed very traumatic. And then he fought you for custody of your children. Like I could understand why you would be mad and why you'd want to, you know, put things down. True, true. But I don't want to lead, you know, your viewers uh, to believe that the book is like about him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's not mentioned until like chapter, I think eight or nine. Um, he, again, he's, he's a chapter of my life, you know, right. so to speak. Um, there's so many things that were, you know, tragic and more poignant that happened before and after him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's just one part of it. He's one husband. I've had a couple, maybe I'll have a couple more down the line <laughs> <laughs> if I'm lucky. So, yeah, I don't want people to think, oh, God, I'm going to get the Usher book because it's not about him, you know, aside from calling him, you know, the stork. I mean, I had to mention him, but he's, (laughs) you know, I can't call him a stork, but yeah, it was a great time. I don't have regrets. That's one thing that in, uh, you know, writing my memoir, you know, I learned that you just don't live with regret. You look at everything as an experience or a lesson, you know. And I, I had great experiences in every situation. I had great, my son who passed, I had the greatest 11 years with him when he was on earth. Of course, of course, him passing has been gutting and um, very tragic and life-changing, but I have very fond memories of my life with him and he's made me a better person. So that's what the book is really about, is, is bringing people letting them see that you can go through these different obstacles, you know, be it, you know, losing a child or divorce or losing your mother or, you know, all the different things that I went through without saying too much, but you still can be in a beautiful state mm-hmm. because the only way to, to, if you get negative and mad and angry with the world, you know, you'll be having road rage and high blood pressure and you won't enjoy the rest of your life. You, you won't be able to finish your life, you know, in peace. So that's what I've learned is how to, uh, you know, I'm at a halfway point, I hope, of my life. And um, I want to finish it, hopefully, as much peace as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that you, you, you know, you describe um, your son, Kyle, and what a mature, beautiful soul he was. He was just 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And his 
his death in a tragic accident where he was hit was he hit it was hit by a boat or with um he was riding on a um he was riding on an inner tube being uh -huh. boat and someone that was in their group he was with his father and you know and some family and someone ran into him um yeah he was like just really having a good time at the time and it was very i guess it was very in him I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, <laughs> you've really tried to, um, you know, use his life and his passing in the most positive way you can. Both you lobbied for more safety laws at the lake where this happened, and yes. which is so important because, you know, people just, I don't know, they're out, yeah, they're out fooling around the water and they don't think that these kind of things can happen. And now you've created a foundation called Kyle's World Foundation. And what is what does your foundation do? Yeah, so Kyle's World started out um, as a performing arts. We did performing arts for kids, camps and performing arts education, you know, teaching vocal coaching. You know, we had a choreographer. Um, theater, the whole nine, and we did fine arts, everything. But then I changed the mission recently because I found that there were other nonprofits that were kind of doing the similar work. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, I don't know, I thought it'd be better served to, to focus on kids and do random acts of kindness. Mm -hmm. We want to reward those kids. I noticed there's kids that are like, you'll read about them like cutting, cutting lawns to raise money to buy their mom a car or to you know, help feed, you know, pay off school lunches, there's cases. We wanna reward those kids um, with, because they're doing really good things and they're you know, stopping bullying and things like that. How do you find those kids? Um, do people you know, submit these random acts of kindness or? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, so we, we plan to just do really nice acts for kids all over the world. Like we went to Ghana in May and we did- pictures on your Instagram. Yes, yes. Ghana was a great, great trip. The kids were very grateful. Just kids that were in underserved communities who may not have the means to, you know, for example, they don't really have American football in Ghana. Mm. So we partnered with Wilson Football and the American Football Association in Ghana. And we put it all together and um, it was great. We had a day with a hundred kids and they learned football, a lot of them for the first time. We donated footballs and t-shirts and candy and served them lunch. It was a full day camp and it was amazing. And it was, you know, that was something that Kyle's World sponsored. Well, and one of your, your sons is kind of an outstanding football player. Tell us about your, your other sons because you've got four other sons and yes. they all just they all seem so interesting, like such interesting and well-developed characters. You know, and I want to make sure that I don't sound by, you know, everyone speaks highly of their kids. Like, oh, they're the best kids. <laughs> and I'm not saying this because, but honestly, like even with reference to You're Kyle. Allowed. You are allowed. <laughs> I know, but I'm not saying that Kyle was the greatest kid in the world because he passed, but he really was the greatest kid in the world. <laughs> yeah. No, he just. Well, you know, in hindsight, you start thinking of things that he would do. He was very kind and uh, he was like, you know, not negative and he wasn't like a kid that would pick a fight or, you know, he was really, he realized that, oh God, he kind of had an angelic spirit the whole time. And I didn't realize it. The same with my other boys. Um, my son, Ryan, who you're speaking of, 
He's a quarterback now at um, University of California. He'll be playing for Cal Berkeley. Congratulations. Um, oh, Amazing. Go Bears. <laughs> Go Bears. We're, I'm from the Bay Area, so this is like kind of come full circle for me that he's back playing at Cal. That was my dream to go to Cal. And he's in grad school now there. He just That's graduated from UPenn. What's um, he studying in grad school? I think, well, he's in two grad school. <laughs> he's in two programs. He's getting a master's in law from Penn. He's getting a master's in law and he's getting his business degree from Haas at, at Berkeley. Wow. So he played at the University of Pennsylvania. He was an Ivy League kid. Mm -hmm. um, graduated in May and then immediately started grad school so he'll be starting you know playing football next month my and then dad, my oh i'm sorry i was gonna say my dad played football at penn also so go quakers <laughs> yeah oh, quakers <laughs> yep i was at every game i promise you i had season tickets i would fly across every friday to get to his games for saturday um, my other boys are amazing my oldest son is a singer and he works and he lives in atlanta and my two younger boys are starting school very soon. They're, they're really amazing. One's a basketball player. He's loving it. And the other one's into tech. Wow. So kind of busy kids. They're all boys. Um, I wanted a girl and I have all boys. It was great. How, how are you um, co-parenting with your ex-husbands? Um, well, my, one of my sons is 22, so there's not much to do there. Uh, he's in college. He's the one that plays football. And then my younger kids, we just, we just alternate time. We, um, you know, week on week off, or sometimes we'll do 10 days, 10 days, but it's a very, um, pretty seamless, you know, exchange and all that. It's no, no problems, no problems. And are you still working in, you know, the styling world? How did your career, um, you know, obviously the book details a lot of that, but are you interested in kind of getting back into that? And what are you Right you know, I probably would want to, I mean, I'm designing now, like this is Colt du Jour. Colt du Jour is my brand. I have that and I have Eli Kish. I have two small little boutique brands. Um, as far as styling, that's really a passion. I love it. I still work occasionally with Patti LaBelle as a client. I recently did a video for Anthony Hamilton. I do little projects here and there for some of my clients I've had for a long time, mm -hmm. but I haven't been taking on new clients. I'd like to do a film one day, though. That'd be pretty cool. Ooh. That like, would be. It sounds like you were such a perfectionist when you were when you were styling, and um, it was fascinating to read the chapters in your book about it and about your experience with Jay Z and yes. how. Don't you give were... it away! Don't give it away! Oh no! But it it, it makes people want to read it more. Like yes. how you the the lengths that you went to try to find him just the right pieces yes did it yeah. work out after you got arrived there not quite on time but with the right things <laughs> oh it worked out well it was a very very um popular video that everyone loves um yeah so it, it did work out my my styling career you know what I'm hoping in the book is that people who are looking to get into any professional, you know, industry, especially creative, just giving them some tips and tools of like, how, how do you stay? You know, how do you get to 20 years in it? You know, mm -hmm. I've been in it for a really, really long time. And similarly, um, you know, I, I know we've talked about um, Kyle, but 
just for mothers dealing with the loss and, you know, grieving their child, that's a club that, you know, no mother, you know, wants to be a part of and, and it's so hard and you just don't know what step to take next, how to put one foot in front of the other. What's your advice to them and what are you kind of hoping that they can take away from, from you and learn from you in this book? I hope that they learn that they have to continue to live. And I feel that they owe it to their child or whomever their loved one is that may have passed. Um, they have to continue to live. Um, if you kind of just wilt away and you know, kind of go into a corner, I feel like you're doing a disservice you know, to your child or whomever. Kyle, I, I have to live big and be as successful as possible and live out loud on his behalf. I feel like um, honoring him with, you know, the nonprofit organization, that's big to me. And I do it in his honor. And I'm always proud when I look at sunsets, I say, Kyle, that was a good one. I think, I was like, that was a good one. I think he's in charge of certain sunsets some days. I say, that was for me, huh, Kyle? You know, I have my conversations with him, but yes, the takeaway is to remain in a beautiful state because a lot of things in your mind control, you know, your outcome. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's, that's so true. It's true. It's, uh, it's so mental. A lot of things are mental. Um, you know, people, I, I look at mental health and mental. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f***? are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com the strength in your mind is really important your mental health is very important to your survival right so i do things to stay as happy as possible Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, you know, you really like uh, you had a lot to cope with. You've had a lot to cope with in your life. And you talk about uh, all those, the various things and you got let down by a lot of people and not, not, not just talking about your divorce, but by mm -hmm. friends and other women that weren't there for you. Um, and, and how have you managed like, again, you just mentioned mental health, like to kind of accept that, but then be able to move on. Cause I think that's something that happens to a lot of people that they, they think they're close to people and something happens. And those people are not there for them. Yeah. I mean, everyone's, it, it all sounds good on paper. You know what I mean? People, Oh, I got your back or I'll be here if you need me. But when you really do need them, that's kind of when you see like their true colors, you're like, man, you're really not there for me. You just say it verbally, but actions, you know, I think love is an action word. You can say, I love you. And, and you have your arms out and I love you, but it's an action. It's through your acts that you show it. You know, I think you show it. Um, I've been fine. You know, it, it was hard to realize a lot of people who I thought were friends weren't really friends that, I mean, that's still a learning curve of mine that I'm still dealing with because I love really hard. Um, I think when you read the book, you'll see I love, and when I call you a friend or a sister, I mean it. Those words really mean a lot to me. So um, it, it's still a learning process. 
I'm still a work in progress on that. But you also like you you did confront other women who actually like kind of interfered in your life or tried to you know destroy your relationships. Do you think looking back, was that still what you would do again? Do you think that was important? Or do you think mm, maybe that like I wouldn't do that? Like I kind of was like, wow, she's brave. Like you didn't let anything go. You just didn't let it go. You spoke up. Um, you know what? I think it's helped me to remain in a beautiful state because I can address and confront someone about something that bothers me and I move on. I let it go. Like from the time it leaves my mouth and I say it, I move on. We we can go on and go have lunch. Like I'm not mad. That's the thing. I don't I don't get angry about stuff that much. I mean, it takes a lot to get me. If I get angry, you really push you push me beyond, you know. I think it's better to speak your mind. Don't hold it in and have fester like negative feelings towards someone. Just say what you feel. I think get it off your chest, say it with your chest <laughs> and uh move on. Go back to your beautiful state. Mm -hmm. And do you feel as though, you know, you teased it a little in the beginning, but um, do you want to get married again? Are you dating anybody right now? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I'm single. Um, would I want to remarry? He'd have to be really amazing. He'd have to come and like knock my socks off and I'm not even wearing it. He'd have to, <laughs> he'd have to yeah, like I, I kind of been there, done that, got the t-shirt, you know, I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> have some to prove it well what would you what what are, would you look for in a man that you would commit to now after all your experience what are the qualities I probably want him to be you know obviously highly successful that's kind of a thing I, I want someone successful because I want them to be a hard worker like I am um, and I want it to work whatever they're doing <laughs> I want it to work out but also um I want, I mean, I don't want to be cliche and say honesty, but yeah, honesty is important. Even if they don't want to commit or they don't want to be in a, in a, you know, monogamous relationship, just say it, like really say it. I find honesty such a turn on. Um, I hate being lied to. I hate when somebody's like, I don't know, cutting corners of the truth. I can't stand it because I'm so blunt and I say what I feel. So um, yeah, I, that's what I would hope for. I would hope to find somebody that's really, really honest. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like your boys would have to, you know, give the stamp of approval? <laughs> I'll tell you something funny. I was on the phone with a guy on FaceTime. You know, we use FaceTime all the time now. And my son walks up and he's like, who's that guy? And I was just like, oh my God, what are you doing? He's like, well, he owes me $20 if he's going to talk to you. Ah. <laughs> Like, he's got to pay me to talk to you. I was like, okay, that's really backwards. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. my sons do, they definitely matter in the decisions I make regarding guys. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to bring anybody that wouldn't be a good influence or wouldn't be a positive, you know, force in their lives. I'm not bringing some random guy around my kids. No, ma'am. <laughs> no would, would you have to like a relationship at what point would you feel comfortable introducing your kids to somebody that you were serious about i'm assuming you'd wait till it was serious that's right that's well they may they may meet them because you know what sometimes uh i think if you wait 
until you've been with this person for six, seven months. There's no real timeline because then they can meet your kids and they not get along. And then that's a deal breaker too. Mm, right. So exactly. Good to get that out the way. You know what I mean? Now, as far as meeting them is one thing, I don't care if people meet them. They're not so precious that you can't meet them, but you can't spend the night. <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> that's a little bit. Now that's crossing the line. But yeah, meeting my kids, my kids are cool and they can vet the person. They can feel the person. They'll say, yeah, I didn't like him, you know, or, oh God, I like him. Where is he? They'll ask about him if they liked him. Yeah. You trust their Yeah. I don't know about remarrying though. I just want somebody that I'm in love with and that I can travel with. You know, I, I, I treasure my time traveling like a lot. It's like high on my totem pole of things to do for the rest of my life. I want to travel the world. I love it like a companion yeah and somebody can call at night like oh my god my book's coming out I should I say this or should I've not said that or you know somebody to bounce ideas off of or hey can I borrow a million dollars like (laughs) (laughs) I need that guy where is he (laughs) no but I do I want somebody that I can kind of lean on that and that would be what that is to lean on not to take care of me I'm fine but I do want a person I can lean on for sure. How, what advice would you give to other um, kind of aspiring stylists or people who want to make it in the fashion industry in terms of dealing with celebrities? Because you had so much experience with them. Clearly, you know, you were able to work with them very well. What advice would you give? And what would you warn them or tell them don't do? Well, I tell them to buy my book. (laughs) (laughs) that's what I would tell everybody listening well and I'm not just saying that I I think the book is more that it's for everybody I think it's for a person that's grieving any sort of a loss I think it's for any person that's trying to get young person that's trying to get into a new business I think it speaks to uh, mistakes you can make in a relationship I think it tells you how to cope with um you know have the have and the have-nots of the world you know I think it tells you how to deal with friends and friends or, or fake friends. Um, what would I tell them not to do? Copy, follow trends too closely. That's something I would say. Um, try to be original, have your own ideas, have your own style, come up with your own little thing, your own je ne sais quoi. You don't have to follow what everybody else is doing. You can make it your thing. Let people copy you, be a leader. Yep. Is there any celebrity that you would, I mean, you're not working that much, you're not taking on new clients, but who tempts you, who you'd look at today and go, I'd really like to work with them or give them a new look. All the time. Yeah. Such, I would, I would love to have an opportunity to work with Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, I've styled her before, like just once, um, like she was in a, in a video with Jay-Z and I've, you know, put clothes on her and but not really like her project like a Beyonce focused project I love her love her and uh Halle Berry I love her and Idris Elba love him those are good ones yeah really good ones we want to tag along if you ever get those jobs (laughs) Uh, yeah well and also we'll carry the bags the clothing bags Yes. Need strong arms for that. I was a stylist assistant once and my arms were meaty. Um, And also too, I mean, you are, you're so dead on about, you know, finding your own style. I mean, you've worked with Lauren Hill. um, You've worked with Tony Braxton and those women, 
really do have their own lane of style. And that's something that you help them essentially cement. So, you know, great person to learn from, from and, and your book. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah, I, um, I've done it a long time. And I realized that one thing is about following trends is that it's so cookie cutter. Every new trend is not for every body type right so for example i don't have thighs that would look good in those like really holy jeans with the ginormous holes yeah yeah i'd have thigh meat gushing out that's awful that's not what we want you know so i can't follow that trend because right. that doesn't for my body but i mean i can still stay current without following the trends to a t because they don't work for everybody mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you got to wear what's appropriate and what makes you comfortable and i think that timeless looks um they just transcend time, you know, and, and you don't look back at yourself in a photo and say, oh, my God, why did I wear that? You know what I mean? If you wear something classic, you can't go wrong. How would you describe your new clothing collections that you're doing? Well, this is a fun one. Um, and I, I would say it's, it's inspired by my work with Lauren Hill. We were the Fugees. Um, we did lots of camouflage and lots of military. And I think you can wear military wear it, you know, all the time. And so I, I get vintage military jackets and I embellish them. And when you order, you can kind of customize them. So let's say you're into, I don't know, you're a nurse, you're into nursing. So then I would find embellishments that kind of say something to the nursing. Or there was one woman whose son was autistic. She wanted an autism patch. So I got an autism patch and her initial and, and they're kind of cool. They're like a modern day letterman's jacket sort of but they're vintage military. So um, that's that one. And then Eli Kish, my other line is loungewears, comfortable, flowy, silks, a lot of sustainable fa fabrics. I don't really believe in like the really cheap, cheap stuff. That's like, we've got landfills full of it. The ones that are over dyed and they're ruining, you know, our water supply around the world. Um, Eli Kish is really, really, your flowy, elegant wear. You can wear it from the couch to the cabana. Yeah, you've got some beautiful pictures, I think, on your Instagram of you wearing some of those designs. Yes, I have a few pieces and I've, I've had, I've placed them on a lot of different people. It's doing pretty well. How do people find those? How do they find your collections if they want to, to shop them? Okay, there's Colt de Jour and it's C-U-L-T-D-E-J-O-U-R, like almost like soup du jour but it's Colt de Jour and it's Colt. See you like following. Mm -hmm. And then Eli Kish is E-L-I-K-I-S-H.com. They're both online. Right. Great. Um, how has COVID affected your business? Like being able to work, being affected your family? Like how, how have you protected yourselves? COVID has been very interesting because it's been hard with my suppliers. It's been hard to um, like think like in India, I had some things being done in India and India was shut down completely. You remember they had like a real bad, massive outbreak and a lot of deaths. So, um, but, but in terms of my creativity has been great because I've been inside and able to like literally think of, you know, all the different things and write books and cook and gain 20 pounds, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Same. has been a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And one of the other things, sorry, go ahead. 
No, I was saying as far as productivity, I can actually say I was more productive um, being, you know, being restricted to staying in the house, you know, primarily. And were you able to keep a bubble like for yourself, your kids? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely had a bubble. We, we stayed home. We went grocery shopping. You know, we had things delivered, you know, we made good friends with the Amazon drivers. <laughs> Just every day we're at the house dropping off food or groceries. Um, yeah. I've never, I've never been a big um, company person anyway. I don't like a lot of um, people in my house. It's my personal space. It's where I lay my head. It's where I keep my personal things. I'm not a big entertainer when it comes to my house. Although I'm fun and I like to go and party and all that stuff, but I don't like to do it at my house. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of the other things that you bring up in the book, which I thought was very interesting, and I also think that a lot of women will relate to, is that women are not, in general, always supportive of other women. Like, you know, we hear a lot about, you know, women who are successful should be supportive of one another, and yet you didn't really find that in general, and you found one of your um, your heroes, your heroines, was Oprah, and yet you know, she wasn't really supportive after your relationship with Usher ended. And, but I think that was just one example. Like what? I won't say it was supportive. I, I won't say she, well, I don't know. Um, and I still love Oprah, by the way. Yeah, she's definitely one of my favorites. But um, I just think that, I think that the media in general and the public tends to side with the celebrity. You know, I think that's just how it goes. I think that we have been conditioned to worship entertainers. You know, we put them on such a high pedestal and we, you know, we, and I think it's great. I love their work and you support their craft, but they're still human, you know, like everyone else. And we all put our legs on, I mean, pants on one leg at a time. Um, I won't say she wasn't supportive, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I don't think that I had the opportunity. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I don't think that I had the opportunity to kind of be given the same platform, you know, to, to share my side or to talk and show, you know, the truth. <laughs> so that's my book will help with that as well. I think it will, because I think, yes, there was a lot of misinformation and misperception about you mm -hmm. and uh, your book, I think does a very good job of kind of setting the record straight, but also presenting you as a full human being. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. I think it does. I think I, I mean, I, obviously I couldn't tell every story in every scenario because the book would have been an encyclopedia and people would have said, listen, <laughs> we love you, but I'm not going to read for five years about you. <laughs> but uh, I think I do get um, a lot of points across, 
I think I get lots of points across and I kind of give my perspective on how it all worked. And I think people are going to really enjoy it, you know, and I take ownership also in the book. It's not like a, a finger pointing. That's why I stopped writing, you know, 10 years ago and picked it back up when I was in a, a better headspace. Mm -hmm. um, well, the book is now available for um, pre-sale and it hits stand September 15th. So we're so yes. excited for the rest of the world to get to read your story. That's right. And the book again is called Here I Stand in a Beautiful State. Congratulations. It's a great read. <laughs> fascinating i'm sure that readers are gonna are uh, everyone who reads it is going to want to talk to you just like we got the opportunity to yes you guys got an early interview it was great <laughs> that's really good Amazing. well thank you so much for joining us today and good thank luck with everything thank you for having me thank you so much congratulations thanks bye yeah. bye, bye.